Welcome to I Thought You Were Special. This is our second episode. My name is Alice. And I am Missy. And this week we are going to be discussing three songs by the band Garbage. We're going to be discussing Queer, Milk, and Number One Crush. Um, so Queer was actually their second single. Uh, we, we're doing these out of order partially because the same music video director did um, only happen when he rains and and stupid girl, and then the same music video director did queer and milk. So, um, you know, just a little out of order, but it, it, it sort of makes sense. Um, queer is a song that I had not heard. Uh, it apparently did really well, but it, it got a lot of radio play. But I had, I never heard it until I first listened to their first album. So, um, why don't we load up the video and then wherever you're ready, we can cue. I am ready, and we will give that three, two, one, boop. Three, two, one, boop. Oh, an elevator thing. It has its own boop. Yeah, look at, look at these freaks. Riding an elevator together, going outside to downtown Milwaukee. This is, this is apparently Fairfax Avenue, which actually looks, still looks exactly like this, like 30 years later. Look at that boy. Look at that boy. He is gorgeous. I am fascinated that the single is just called yeah. Queer and how that's sort of come back around again after being a no-no one. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we, we will definitely talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so last week we had three songs that are very much the rock side of garbage, and these songs are more on the like electronic club side of garbage. And so I'm curious how you, how you react to these. So far, so good. It's also interesting, this being black and yep. white, since the other ones were heavily yeah. colored, and black and white was usually reserved for the backup band. Or backup band, the uh -huh. other band members, I should say. Queers of the Queers. Oh, that's a title I'm going to shoot for. See, it's a lot of shots of uh, point of view following Shirley. She's, she's luring someone somewhere. Yeah. All of these houses just remind me of the like rich houses in Des Moines because it's that style. Oh, is that her sugar daddy? I mean, that's that's uh, Duke, one of the band members. But yes, <laughs> there's well, yes, within the narrative. <laughs> yeah, there's, of it. <laughs> there's, there's there's Stephen Butch. I'm trying to, I'm focusing more on the lyrics of this one than I did the, the previous music yeah. videos. I'm digging. So we're following, Shirley is backing us up a stairway. The band members are there. A lot of. I'm just, yeah, I'm just realizing, is it supposed to be like a Twilight Zone, black and white yeah. sort of? I just, I don't really know. It's meant to be very unsettling. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I love it. Yeah. This is like, 
the kind of shoots and stuff that my husband loves to do. Oh, yeah? He does, like, photo shoots. Just dilapidated, abandoned places. Our POV character has fallen on the ground? Oh, that's okay. I am only now realizing, as you said it, this is a literal point of view character and not just, you know, oh. They put tape over him. Yeah. And the music stopped for a second. That was great. Yeah. Now she's got a razor. So she's shaving a person. Yeah. I love that um the three the three other band members are playing like old timey instruments like Butch is holding a, like a, a a marching band drum and Duke's playing a stand up bass. I was just gonna comment on that double bass. Boy, this is. This needs a seizure warning before it yeah. starts. This is a lot now. Quick cuts. Oh, and there's there that person. Is? Oh, I'm a, I'm a ditz. I just realized the person that was looking, we saw the reflection of that you were calling cute boy or, or whatever. That's that's our yeah. character. That's who we are in this. Okay. okay. That was him looking in a mirror at the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Even in black and white, she is gorgeous. Yeah, she's incredible. She's she's truly captivating. Have, having a and huge crush on her was a big part of my loving this camera. band. Oh, and now our main character is in a new world, listening and hearing things for the first time. With a shaved head. Yeah. Well, shaved except for a one ponytail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was delightful. That was queer. Um, this video was uh, directed by uh, Stefan Cedenu, um, the French name, which I cannot pronounce. Um, this director also did a number of other <laughs> pretty um, iconic '90s videos. He did the video for "Under the Bridge" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I think stylistically has a lot oh, is very no. similar to this. Um, black and white it's shot in los angeles mm -hmm. um he also did the he also did the music videos for ironic which if you remember from the last episode was the video that beat stupid girl at the the vmas for best new artist yeah um, ironic the music video with with four alanis morissettes in the car singing together he also he also directed the video for thank you by alanis morissette which is the one where she's naked on the subway and her hair is covering her breasts and she sings the song it's very strange. Oh, I, Alanis Morissette, I'm not as familiar with her music videos. So I, I that's an image I can have in my head, but I don't have it okay. in my head. Interesting. Maybe, Interesting. maybe that'll be our, fo our follow-up series. Uh, Under the Bridge. Under the Bridge, though, yeah. Under the Bridge. I, I certainly know yeah. that one. And now that you said that, that connection was made Makes perfect there. sense, absolutely. In terms of the sound, I, I do like this, um... Yeah, you're right. It is leaning more on the electronic. It still has that rock mm -hmm. rhythm, but yeah, it's not leaning on power chords and pul it's more pulsating than it is driving. Yeah, a, a, so a lot like less that. guitar forward. Um, that's It's going to get even more so with the next song we listen to, the next video we listen to. Um, lyrically, this song's really interesting because it's 
it's using the word queer, which at the time was still considered a slur. You know, the 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 you queers style of insult. And I know that's that's been a sticking point for some pe- for people who are older who you know got called that in the eighties and nineties, and now every kid every kid below thirty five wants to call themselves queer constantly. Like I know that the dissonance of those things are pretty jarring for some for some people. Um, I never really. I, I knew that queer meant gay when I when I listened to this song, but it really is seems like sort of the textbook definition of of queer as in being strange. Because she says the queerest of the queer, the strangest of the strange. And the song is kind of about her as a dominatrix dominating both both like this this per, this man and also she talks about how she 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 messes with his father too. And it's like it's like so there's there's a lot going on there. Um, it never really struck me as being more of a actual, I think, gay anthem. And they have other songs later in their catalog, which are also feature queer narratives that I think are, are they, that we typically associate more with, with them being like, you know, allies and, 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 and standing up for, for queer rights and trans rights. But, um, what did you think of the lyrics? I, I think I honed into it as an interpretation for myself using queer in the the lgbtq sense uh and I, it's interesting because i am an, i just qualify under 35 yeah. uh, by a couple of years but i was certainly bullied and called queer in a negative derogative way i was the sure maybe i should have said under 30 but yeah, yeah well no but it's it's fine because i also now identify as queer and for me it is part of a reclamation of being able to take that back and now i just joke and say all the people who were playing smear the queer with me growing up were actually very progressive because they simply just knew before i did oh yes absolutely you know they were trying to help me along the way and that was all no other motivation i'm sure the the way that she's using queer here is one of these things that feels like a very Britishism sort of thing in the way that like they still called cigarettes fags for so long and stuff. Yes, now that you reminded me in that way that she is Scottish, that makes more sense. Yeah. And as a quick sidebar, I did Summerstock Theater once in a play that was a British farce, and it used the word queer for the double entendre of someone feeling ill and also someone that might be a homosexual. But it wasn't done in a heavy way where it was meant bad. It was just more of like a mistaken identity thing. Mm. Our director was like, well, queer is a bad word, so we can't use queer. So you're going to use the word gay, which made no sense. Because when the character was sick, they were all concerned he was gay. And they're like, oh, you're not gay, are you? Oh, are you gay? I'm like, this makes it homophobic. Yes. Where the characters aren't homophobic, they just, they literally are yes. misunderstanding what the other person's saying. But now there's no, there is no entendre. It's just hate crime to this other person. And we tried to explain it to him and he just doubled down on it. <laughs> so let's move on to our, our second video. Yes. Um, this is Milk. This is this is um, one of the later songs on the their first album. These are all these songs are all on the garbage's first album, which was self titled. Has a pink cover with 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 a G on it. Um, this is this is milk. This is gonna be the last song we listen to off the first album. Um, I didn't really know. I don't think I this video and also the queer video. I don't know that I've ever actually see, I ever actually saw until like I bought the DVD with other music videos in like two thousand seven or something. Um, like the. the other videos that we talked about, like Only Happy When It Rains and Stupid Girl, and then a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about off the next album, those were the ones I actually saw on TV fairly often, but these these did get get MTV airplay, but I never saw them until much later. I am ready. I got my lactate, so here we go. On three, two, one, boop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Already, we are in it. A very loopy sort of string orchestration from the synth. G is milk. So we see her silhouette yeah. very much out of focus with rotating lights. Yes. Fantastic effect. Yes. And now she becomes more clear. Mm -hmm. She's almost right in front of us, but we still can't see her. Mm -hmm. And now there she is. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. This, I've never seen a video have this use of focus. Like, it is staying stationary and playing with her moving back and forth on it. Yeah. That's um... fascinating. This was also again same director as same director as the last video we watched. Queer, um, her makeup in this one is incredible. She has this um, eyeliner, eyeshadow thing going on that frames her whole eye. Now some more creepy shots of the other band members. This um, this gives me world is not enough. My other frame reference vibes. It's from that side. Yes. Yeah, this song is very much more like a Depeche Mode, Portishead style. Yeah, it's a bit slower. It's a bit more laid back. Um, Shirley here with the bright red lipstick that was very iconic of her. The blue eyeshadow. This is just like this is just like peak Shirley Manson aesthetic right here. And that red hair, like my husband has red hair, and you know I was attracted to him for that for a reason. And then the red lasers around. It just oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's a really nice aesthetic. And also, uh, same quick cuts that he was kind of doing where he's blending shots together versus hard cutting, and it's mm -hmm. creating that, like, that motif. But it's not as fast as the other one. It's a lot of lingering shots. Yeah. And this was this was, um, this was was shot, I believe, in 1996, so still, still mostly pre-digital. Okay. It really, I, this song is great, but I am obsessed with this cinematography. It's yeah. it's so basic what they're doing, but it's uh -huh. like theater tricks. Yeah. I've had a crush on this woman for like 30 years. I still have a crush on her. Ugh. Yeah, this waiting for you refrain is good. This also seems like the gay, perfect gay bar type of song, but like yeah. on background, not on the dance floor. Her voice does remind me a bit of the singer of 99 Loof Balloons, Nina. Nina, yes. I can never remember how her name pronounced. Mm -hmm. And a bit of Enya. But that's because yeah. I listen to a lot of Enya, and so I'm very in tune to her voice. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting because one of the things that's not notable about her is that she doesn't sing with a Scottish accent, but she has a very thick Scottish accent when she speaks. Yeah. No, not at all. All right. So that was that was Milk. What are your thoughts? I, that was a great song. Um, mm -hmm. Again, sort of the opposite of of some of the ones we had 
earlier. It's last, last, yeah, last, yeah, week. last week. And it's interesting that this all comes from the same album. That's the that's mm-hmm. the part that it, like the first two we watched last week, which were Vow and Only Happened When It Rains, felt only happened when it rains. Only, yes. yes, feel like a first album songs. These sound like songs that they would do for a later album when they're trying to switch up their style ever so slightly. But they're all in the same. That's the thing that I'm realizing. They're all in the same album, which you just said and earlier. And I wouldn't have known that. The electronic sound mixed with the very light rock sound does it for me. That is right in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. for things I love. Yeah, and and th- this continues on. I think the next two albums kind of continue that, and then their sound kind of goes in different places. Um, like, like, like you said, you know, they do want to change it up eventually, but the, the mixture of, I think the like electronic club sound and the rock sound were really part of what they were trying to do with this, with this band, because Butch Vig was known for, for producing Nevermind, producing a bunch of, of seminal gr- like grunge albums. And here he is playing with a synthesizer and he wants to do this completely other separate thing. Um, and so you get that with Stupid Girl, but then you also get songs like, like Milk and like, um, queer uh where where it's it's much more it's much different like sonically texturally yes uh i don't know why i popped in my head earlier but tom's diner the specific version where mm-hmm. they add the beat behind it yep. that's the, the vibe remix, i yes. got and that framed it for me where it's like okay drums like drum machine beat light synth as your background music but it also is your texture and it's not meant to, again, it's not meant to be the focus. It's meant to like highlight her voice. They really knew early on, this is a band that the sound is revolving around her. I think that's why it reminds mm-hmm. me of Enya too, because yeah. that, Enya is all just her voice really, you know, and the background stuff is just there to complement it. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, you know, quickly becoming, uh, favorite band based on these these singles earlier i'm ready for the ready to see what we got next yeah and so i also say you are now clear if you'd like to listen to their first album garbage you're now clear to do so no more spoilers um so so listen to put that on the car put that on put it put that on your spotify um go nuts because because that one's clear um we have one more song though for this episode and it's it's a special song it's number one crush and I'm an idiot. This didn't actually get a music video, which is what I realized earlier today. Um, it was. Oh, that's so. Funny. It was. A, it was a. It was a bonus track on the first album, and more notably, it was um, featured heavily on the soundtrack for Romeo and Ju- Romeo plus Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann adaptation with Leonardo DiCaprio in the '90s. Oh. And so, it's possible you've heard this song. It's pretty distinctive. Um, and so I, I don't. They didn't have an official music video, so I found this clip. With that, someone edited a bunch of scenes of the band performing against against the the movie. So I figured we could watch that. You know, and that would be closest to the music video of that time. Where I, it's one of my my. I'm trying to think if it's a slight subgenres. That's not a genre, but music videos for soundtracks that have their own story and theme going on, but then just have to have intercut quick clips of yep. the movie in there that don't don't really play into what's happening otherwise. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a few of those coming up too. Oh so. boy, oh boy, oh boy. We get, we're going to get some of that later later in the in the discography. But for now, we have number one crush. Um, 
I had heard this song before I really knew about Garbage. Um, I don't think I knew it was a Garbage song. It's very distinctive, and I think you'll understand why when we start playing it. Um, and and so, again, it's like it's one of these things where it's like, I feel like it's been used in a bunch of TV and movies. So if, you, um, if, you've, heard, if you've been alive long enough, you've probably heard this song. Um, whenever you're ready. Okie dokie. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boop. And that one being a number one crush. Is that how the movie started? Was a news report saying we're going to be in Verona? I believe so. That's fascinating. Yes. I have not seen Romeo plus Juliet fully. Like, oh, it's it is a visual masterpiece. I I don't remember much about it. I don't think it was super great, but it was it was intense. The clips that I'm seeing thus far uh, match that. I would die for you just to feel you by my side. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a Romeo and Juliet very much. Yes. There's there's Leo. There's Romeo. This one also had a cross-dressing John Leguizamo as Lothario. You can't double dip with the cross-dipping. With the cross-dressing John Leguizamo, you can't make that your thing. You got two Wong Fu. You don't need more. So, Yeah. I don't know if this predates to Wang Fu or not, but yeah. Um, very, ba baby Alice watched this and was very confused because there were some things that were really calling out to her. Specifically, the cross-dressing the, the cross-dressing cross cousin. And I was just like, I don't care about these two. Show, show, show me John Leguizamo. Well, I take it back then. I do not want to take away young Alice's icon. No, it's okay. It's okay. Our, we could talk sometime about trans reputation in the 90s. It was trash. <laughs> it was all bad. Um. I, but yeah, this sort of this this refrain of "I I would die for you," I feel like has been used a, a ton in all kinds of different things. It's oh, it is the beautiful emo. I mean, shoot, Twilight, one of my now's minor subject knowledge. That was a bold theme of it was being willing to die for your love. I, I have just remembered this is not an official video and a fan edit, <laughs> but it's a very good job because, again, this looks like it could really just have been the official music video. Yes, I agree. What, wow, she looks like Patty Hearst right here <laughs> holding him up and pointing her head. The costume designer knew what they were doing in that scene. Yeah, it's Baz Luhrmann. He's Australian. He wouldn't know the better. And there she drinks the poison. She would die for you. I remember the first time I heard this song, I thought it was horny as hell. Because it is. It is pretty horny. But also, in, compared to, like, modern music now, compared to, like, compared to, like, wet-ass pussy, this is nothing. Oh, yes. This is... I remember... Uh... The Nine Inch Nails songs that just dared say, I want to fuck you like an animal. And I thought that was going to be the filthiest thing I yeah. ever heard. Nope. Right.
It's interesting you call this a horny song because it's not doing that for me. But once you said it, I'm like, oh, I yes, this the pulsating beat. It's yeah. really nice and like a, a edging song. Like okay, okay. <laughs> edging song oh my god yeah hook hook this one up to your to your uh what the fuck is those look at those remote remote vibrating butt plugs what the love sense hook this up to your love sense you'll have a fun time and it just sinks to the beat as you go like yes there we are i like that she's wearing a watch in this concert performance she's gotta know how long she's singing for look at that she needs to take her break yeah it's real and the two teen loves. They there's that gun again. Yeah. And... I feel like this is probably as much of the movie you'd want you'd actually want to revisit. You don't need to watch the whole thing. Oh, I feel like I'm good. Yeah. I am dying because <laughs> the last the last part of this music video. This is making a face. They this just had the newscaster who is not, the, no affect, has no affectation. She is, or she has no affect. There we go. She has no affect. And she's simply saying, Yeah. <laughs> never has, wait, what? She said something, Ed. I got it here. I'm going to rewind it real quick. She said, Some shall be pardoned and some shall be punished, which is. <laughs> fucking iambic pentameter and they just hit that on a button as the end as this tv is just fading out like oh i i i understand now why a lot of people have a love hate relationship with baz yeah because he makes choices he makes choices and like moulin rouge moulin rouge i love parts of it and i hate parts of it but it's simply because he just makes choices, and I'm like, you know what? I'd rather this is more interesting yeah. than some of the real bland, you know, playing it safe things sure. that get released. It, 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 but yes, I feel like I, I learned everything I need to about this adaptation yeah. from this song. That was what I was saying about Twilight when we talked about it. Is that Stephanie Meyer just makes choices? Yeah, it, it's absolutely true. That was a great, you know, three really good songs tonight. Music videos aside, those were three really good songs, and again. I'm so glad I get permission to listen to the whole album because I've had Stupid Girl every day at some point in me driving. <laughs> That's how I started out, and then it already knows to play Dua Lipa's Levitate after that. My my phone knows oh, that's me. Great. That's great. Um, we actually have one more bonus clip <gasps> I'm going to send over to you, oh. which is another performance of Number One Crush because when I was looking for the music video, one, there isn't a music video, but two, I found this performance that they did um, – in 2015, which I think is interesting because you get a little sneak peek of what the band looks like much older. Oh my god. So word. this is essentially 20 years after the song came out. They also I also had they also had a performance that was at the same time on Howard Stern, which I'm not gonna make you watch. So I think this one's a little better. Um they're playing at the K-Rock Red Bull Sound Space, the the most 2015 name for a place ever. Um whenever you're ready. Uh, you, we got that bonus in three, two. One, boop. So they're playing along to a sync track here. Her hair is pink. Interesting. Yeah, she she went with a pink hair for this for this album cycle. It's it's very good. Yeah, it's lovely. Sure, she looks so 
disinterested, looking at her toes, getting ready to sing, and now, yeah. I love Butch Vig just sitting on a stool with a shaker because they're playing along to a track. Her voice still is perfect right there. And so this is this is the thing. Her voice has gotten slightly deeper as she's gotten older, and I think it works so much better for this song, actually. That was my thought. Like, if anything, it's a little deeper, and if anything, that's better. It It's mm-hmm. great. The three accountants behind her. Mm-hmm. Well, four, technically, now that I see it. That 90s when they're singing along and they're just singing, ha, ah, you know, that, that is very 90s and I love that too. Yeah. I thought it was so interesting that they played this song because this is, this again, this was a song they, was, they were kind of iconic for, but also it doesn't, it, it felt like it doesn't always get revisited. Like they don't play it on every tour necessarily. Um, and, and, and I guess I was, I was just surprised that they played it here instead of focusing on it. Um, actually, no, ignore me. I'm, I'm wrong. This was, the, this was the time when they did a, a tour for the, um, their first, their first album tour. They did a tour called 20 Years Queer and they played all of the, the first album and then this song because it was a B-side as well. A 20 year reunion or a 20 year anniversary tour where you play your first album would be a lot of fun. Yeah. This tour, notoriously, I think, had a lot of problems. They had a show in L.A. where, like, all of their tech broke constantly. Oh, no. Um, and, and so they felt really bad about it. But I think I – did, I did not get to go to see this tour. But I think it, it – it, it, my understanding is from the fans is it was great. Um, I did get to go to see the, um, the version 2.0 20-year tour, which I'll talk a little bit more about in the future. Um, I'm excited to talk about that. That's a really good story. But um, – yeah, this is this is this is essentially modern garbage. I know it, this was seven years ago, but they're still they still basically look like this. They basically sound like this. Um, still playing all the old hits. Like they've never been a band that was afraid of playing old songs or getting tired of playing old songs. Um, I think they take a hiatus for a large for a large portion of the late two thousands, which might help. But um, yeah, I do have to wonder what it would be like to do these songs again with the knowledge you have just gained in 20 years like the skill and the fact that you have honed this song over how many years and even though yes it is the same you know what small changes you've made along the way that makes it the song that it is now versus what it was then yeah this I, I don't know if this technically is under it, but it feels like it would fall under a emo, emo rock kind of of mm. label now. I don't I don't think anyone who who listens to emo would call this emo, but really I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I, emo I was... is Midwest white boys crying about how no one wants to sleep with them. That's emo. Oh, that's why I kind of feel like I relate to it because I was a Midwest white boy. Yeah. Okay, that's why I thought they were all cute. She's 
so playing it off as so unaffected is so interesting oh my god she's such a good stage presence yeah she's incredible wonderful oh that was the delight i'm loving these bonus clips where i get to hear a song that i like in a new way it really is just uh -huh. it, it 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 helps solidify where we are in this journey and gives me these yeah numbers. i like it i love it i want more of it yeah and this is the, another thing which i really love about the band is they have a they have a late career resurgence their last like two or three albums are some of the best ones they've made and so i think that's really interesting and and there's there, there's gonna be some really cool parallels between the videos that's largely why i wanted to do this podcast in the first place that we're gonna get to so i kind of wanted to give you a sneak peek of i guess like future garbage or modern day garbage to really understand where we're going with all of this stuff as well oh i'm very excited about that i think i said in the first episode but this too is why i I was fascinated to join on it was just to see a, a singular band's journey and find out where they start and now just be able to appreciate them where they are absolutely absolutely as we as we close out our second episode where where how are you feeling about garbage right now i am feeling about garbage like i am on a new journey uh which i can't relate to in my own personal life at all <laughs> and it's nice to have, well, one, frankly, it's nice to have something to look forward to, to be able to know I'm going to get new music that I probably have not heard, which I have not allowed myself to do in a while. But mm -hmm. Garbage specifically is right in my wheelhouse, and I'm very happy to have discovered that. Not that I would have grown weary if it was an artist that was slightly off because again the discovery is part of of it but i am very happy with this first album and i will be listening to it and i'll report back next week on on maybe uh, some of the songs that we haven't covered and and what i think of them absolutely yeah please please indulge listening to the first album and and we'll be back next week to talk about three more songs now off their second album version 2.0 um, the songs we're going to talk about are Push It, I Think I'm Paranoid, and Special, which which this podcast gets its name from. So it's going to be a really good episode. I'm very excited. We're going to have one of the songs that I knew when we first started, I Think I'm Paranoid, which, again, can't relate to whatsoever in my own personal life, you know. So, as we always say to end the show. Remember, queer can mean more than one thing. But please, for the love of God, don't change queer to be gay, you weird backwards homophobes. I love you. You're trying to be progressive. It's not working for us anymore. We, we've taken it back. It's our word now. As always. As we can't have it anymore. Always. Sure, sure, Shirley's allowed. Shirley's an ally. Shirley's oh, allowed. Absolutely. But everyone else, back the fuck off. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks. And as always, back the fuck off. <laughs>